everyone, and welcome back to the Queer Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Cornejo, a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified sex therapist, co-owner of Psychosocial Therapy located in California. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about co-creating relationships by doing the work. But before we get started, I want to, first of all, thank our sponsor, Chismosa Cafe, uh, who graciously is donating proceeds from the sales of a very special cup made for the Queer Magic Podcast. Uh, that cup has not been released yet, but it is going to be available soon. So make sure that you check uh, our Instagram account at Queer Magic Podcast for updates, uh, and you can support us in that way. Uh, and today I do have a very special guest who's going to be joining me to talk about relationships and how to do the work. And so I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Cynthia Flores. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. I'm a coach and a speaker. And uh, I really appreciate you, Luis, having me here. Um, I know that you and I have had uh, like our friendships and our um, professional life. We've kind of connected. And I'm just really excited to talk about this topic because it's it's a real topic. It's something that you and I have talked about and, you know, around love and and the illusion of love and like what relationships are and what, the, what it takes, right. To build a healthy, loving relationship. Right. So I'm really excited to talk about, you know, about this topic and share some of my own experiences and wisdoms and how I support my clients. Great, great. And thank you so much for being here, Cynthia. So for all of you listening, Cynthia and I go way back. We are best friends, but we've also collaborated in a lot of different projects. We, uh, uh, you know, connect all the time. I mean, we talk about these things as friends, but also as professionals. Uh, and Cynthia does specialize in working with couples and women, uh, but also men and talking about how to enhance and really uh, create right relationships. Uh, and, and when we say create, I know Cynthia and I, we've discussed a lot around what that means, right? And it really, it does lead back to how to do the work when it comes to relationships, right? Many of us have learned from early on about how relationships um, are, are, are pretty much um, shown in, in uh, our society, right? Whether it's through media, whether it's through our upbringing. Uh, and yet one of the biggest things that we don't talk about is how uh, relationships change, shift over time, how they do require ongoing work, uh, and how any type of relationship will require us to put in effort, uh, whether that is focusing on communication, limits and boundaries, whatever it is. Uh, and so, Cynthia, let's start off with just talking a little bit about uh, the portrayal of love, right, in popular culture. Like I was just saying, it's a very different uh, visual that we get, but what are some things uh, in your experience that you usually get from folks around how they see love in, in, in um, you know, based on their, their understanding? Well, that's a very uh, complex <laughs> loaded question, but I would say <laughs> that, you know, I have talked about like that, you know, we've talked about very recently when we were chatting that love you know, based on what is portrayed, I think we have to kind of understand our concept and our construct of love. It's like, where do we learn love? Where do we learn how to love? Yeah. A lot of these it comes from our upbringing, right? Our attachment with our 
uh, attachment figures with our parents, with our caregivers, right? Um, our society, culture, media, all of these things, the, the idealization, the romanticizing what love and relationships should look like. Oftentimes we come from families, right, that uh, perhaps love and, and relationships and how it was portrayed, it can be completely um, dysfunctional and like very, very traumatizing, right? It can come from a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And I think that it's going to look different for everyone. Uh, you and I have talked about like, Love, you know, is 1% illusion and 99% work because we come from a lot of socialization that love does not require work, right? Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. also going a little bit back, going a little bit back, love is universal, right? Love mm -hmm. is something that transcends pain, transcends suffering, transcends, you know, societal expectation and norms, but we have forgotten what that is within us because mm -hmm. we have been so disconnected from ourselves, from the true meaning of love, mm -hmm. which is, you know, of course it can be different for everyone, but I think, as I mentioned, this really comes and is very much rooted in trauma in uh, our, our attachment wounds, right? And then oftentimes that's manifested, right? Our yeah. attachment wounds, our definitions of love, our concepts and constructs of love, they are manifested in our adult relationships. Any adult relationship, friendships, romantic relationships, our relationships with our parents and caregivers, with our siblings, with our colleagues, right? At work, everywhere. And I think that's something that we don't really think about as much. But I would say that, yeah, I think that's, that's really one of the, the roots that I wanted to really focus on and like have the foundation of this conversation. Absolutely. You know, and, and the way you were describing love, I think it's really helpful in, in contextualizing how it's not really a feeling, right? It's an experience that has a lot of emotions involved. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes love is really associated with a very positive light. And the reality is that there's also other sides to love, right? That can be very dark. And I don't think we talk about the power of love uh, in that in that way, right? We tend to center it around uh, media that we've seen, right, around happy endings and finding your soulmate and connecting, uh, you know, with the one person, whatever that understands you. And yet, the reality is that oftentimes, many of us we do struggle uh, because we're not taught, like you said, how to love or what it really means to to exist within the power of love. Um, and so, we can get lost in it, right? Get in situations that are not good for us um and love it can also hurt us mm -hmm. and it can hurt us because why we come from as i mentioned these narratives around love right where do we learn that where do we learn love through our parents our mm -hmm. caregivers right i think that that's one of the things that we don't think about as much as like our first relationship that we ever have is with our parents and our caregivers Right. And they are also our first heartbreak. Right. Yeah. They're heartbreak because perhaps as children, our needs were not met. Right. There was a lot of abandonment. And when I think about when I talk about abandonment, I 
Think about physical abandonment, the parent not being physically present, but also the emotional abandonment. Having a present parent, but an emotionally unavailable parent because of whatever reason, their traumas or whatnot, right? Their own experiences of love and rejection and abandonment, whatever it is, right? But that's literally our first heartbreak is really understanding that that's literally where we learn to love. It's mm-hmm. if you think about it, you know, and I bring up a lot of attachment because that's literally the root of where we learn our concept of love, right? It's like, for instance, if we have uh, an anxious attachment, like I know I've, I grew up with a very, I was a very anxious child. I had a lot of separation anxiety. My parents were always working. So I knew I, now I know that they were trying to survive, right? Mm-hmm. With five mm-hmm. and they were trying to give us a better life being immigrant parents. But I didn't understand that. What I needed was love, care, attention, reassurance, mm-hmm. right? reassurance that, hey, baby, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go to work. I, you're going to be safe. You're, it's going to be okay, right? But I think that had me develop this very anxious attachment, and it has manifested in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the inner work that we're talking about here, that a lot of these concepts of love are going to be rooted in our childhood experiences and our attachment mm-hmm. wounds. And part of this work that we've been talking about is doing that inner work is really getting to know ourselves yeah. first and foremost, our experience, understanding where we're come from and how mm-hmm. are these patterns and these beliefs and concepts and limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that are oftentimes rooted in trauma. How are they manifesting in my adult relationships yeah. and how can I change that? How can I be kind and compassionate and patient and understanding with myself so I can shift and change these patterns and break some patterns and show up differently in the way that feels authentic for me, genuine, in the way that's going to create connection, right, with my partner or with other people in my life that I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that because, honestly, I think we forget oftentimes that our parents are humans, right? They're not perfect. They're also people that are trying to figure things out. And for the most part, uh, you know, at least in in my experience and yours, and and I say this because we've talked about this, uh, survival, right? Many of our parents have no choice. They survive. I'm not justifying, you know, the experiences uh, or the, the actions. But what I'm saying is that we do live in a world that requires us to survive. And our parents, you know, having to do that, uh, oftentimes don't have the know-how, the knowledge, or even when we're talking about generational trauma, right? They just continue to push onto the survival mode. And, and, you know, and I think about this a lot as you were talking about your experience, because I remember growing up, my parents always telling me like, then it must get trabajar. We have to work. What do you want? And it was always that response, right, of like, be grateful rather than actually ask for, you know, what you need or talk about it. Uh, there was a lot of avoidance, right? And so for me, it was very similar. My parents were always working. They were always busy. I, I, I knew that they loved me. And yet at the same time, I also felt that it was inconsistent, right? Because it, it, it didn't, I didn't know when the version of them would show up where they were there and, 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 and you know, present or where they weren't there. 
and uh, you know disappointed me. And so, like you, you said about the early, the first heartbreak, it is very true. And you know, this is true for everyone, uh, whether you were raised by a single parent, both parents, a grandparent, a foster parents, uh, you know, uh, what whoever, right, or or even the system, right? Because we do learn love through these earlier experiences, and whether we did have parents present or not, we're still getting messages that we internalize about the world, about how to love, about our value, about all of these things. And so we're all going to be affected by it. Um, you know, and and so that's why I, I was talking about the, not, not the dark side, but I guess the other side of love when it comes to, to knowing that we're also going to learn ways of love that are not healthy for us. And, you know, a big thing that you were saying, Cynthia, was unlearning some of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, when we start to develop new relationships and connections, a lot of these behaviors, responses, you know, even our attachment style, it impacts the way that we interact and connect with others. And uh, I do love attachment style and definitely someone that also utilizes it a lot. Uh, I'm At the same time, I'm also a firm believer that everything it's going to impact us, right? Attachment is one part, but it's also influenced by so many things. Uh, you know, politics, our, 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 what is it, our financial situation growing up, uh, our family dynamics, cultura, uh, I mean, everything, right, that really affects uh, even media, right? Like we were talking about movies. I grew up watching movies where you found someone and it was supposed to be forever. And if it didn't work, then there was something wrong with you. I mean, all of these messages that were internalized. And so love is very complex. And, uh, uh, and so thank you for, for saying that, Cynthia, and for talking about um, our parents, because that is literally right for most of us. And even my experience as a therapist, one of the first things that I usually work with clients on is tell me about your parents and your, your relationship. And I know that's a, a joke almost in mental health and in therapy, because it, it always goes back to it. But the reality is that it is true. Uh, it, it goes back to our earlier childhood years and our development, because those are the most crucial. We have tons of research that shows that if you don't get, um, you know, some of these things or these needs met, uh, and most of us do right to a certain extent. Um, but I mean, things like neglect, right? For some folks that experience severe neglect, uh, it it lasts, it's a lifetime, right, of, of impact. And so that's why we know that it is crucial to talk about those very early years. And I, you're right. I appreciate you mentioning uh, and acknowledging that, yes, I think that we are all part of these multi-layered systems, right? Mm -hmm. And attachment, one little thing, right, that impacts our lives, that is going to impact the way that our worldview and our view about ourselves. And yet yeah. there's society, there's culture, there's, you know, systemic oppression. There's all of these things that where we internalize and that's part of the healing process and doing the inner work and outer work is recognizing that these greater things have a greater impact on us, but that mm -hmm. we are, have to take responsibility to unlearning, to becoming aware and to wake the fuck up because we cannot, of course we do experience like, I'm not saying I'm not coming from a, I'm coming from a very trauma-informed approach of knowing that it, things happen to us. We're not, it's not our fault that we've gone through horrible, horrible experiences. It is not. And I want you to know that. But it's also important that we really take our power back 
and that we recognize that it is in our power to make changes in our lives. We cannot live blaming other people, even though they fucking hurt us and traumatized us and did a lot of harm. We cannot give our power away for that. We have to be responsible and accountable and self-aware of like, I cannot live in that victim mindset anymore. I've been through shit, but I'm ready to reclaim my power and my voice and my truth. And I'm going to make some changes. And that's part of doing their work. It's like, it's really stepping into that power. It's really recognizing that you no longer want to live in that kind of mentality and that kind of like dread and that fear and that suffering and that pain that you want to really take steps to change your life. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer about, you know, a lot of people talk about my, a lot of coaches and people talk about mindset. It's not just mindset, honey. It's mm -hmm. doing the deep inner work. Okay. Yeah. It's recognizing, acknowledging your experiences. Also like, yes, your, your parents' experiences, this is all part of the process. You don't have to for, forgive and forget. You can like recognize like they have their own stuff. They have their own traumas. I acknowledge that because I know that this is all part of the systems yeah. that we live in, that we're so traumatized. It's the mm -hmm. intergenerational trauma. And I recognize that. But yeah. I get to choose what narrative, mm -hmm. how I want to mm -hmm. live my life now. And I mm -hmm. think that that's a, like a very, very powerful work um, yeah. that, that we do, that our, our clients do, that people are doing, that are waking up. Humanity is yeah. like really up and realizing like, wow, you know, all of these things. And I, I, I feel very proud and happy that I support people in this journey. It's not easy. It really Absolutely. Is. That's what I wanted to say, that you, everything you're saying is spot on and also acknowledging that it is not easy. It is it is definitely very difficult work. You know, healing is is not something that we do and check off. It's lifelong for all of us because we're all healing from something. We're all existing in the same world. And uh, even for those of us who haven't experienced any type of extreme trauma, uh, we still have to deal with the challenges that come with life, right? Whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's uh, dealing with uh, with work. I mean, it, it's it, we're always going to be existing in some way. And so I think that the key to this is not about whether you've been traumatized or not. It's really understanding that we do hold a lot of power. It is not easy and it definitely requires a lot of work. But that's why we're having this conversation, because we're also talking about relational love when it comes to support, right? Our support system, our chosen family, the people that we decide uh, take a part and a role in our, our healing journey and our lives, right? Our day to day. Uh, and Cynthia, something that you said, uh, too, that really uh, sat with me was the idea of forgiveness, right? Because I, I hear this a lot, right? And I and I even hear it from other therapists or even uh, on social media, like, you have to forgive, you have to forgive. And the reality is that forgiveness is very complex, right? Forgiveness is, is, is um, you know, oftentimes thought of as letting go of something or forgetting something or, or kind of, you know, in that way. But the reality is many of us, we can't forget, right? It's something that has impacted us to where it's, with, it's there with us. Forgiveness, at least in my mind, and when I'm working with my clients, really comes from a place of allowing ourselves to be free of what we're holding on to, to give us the opportunity to heal. And that does not mean, you know, that we're forgetting about what happened. It does not mean that we are 
telling someone that, you know, we want to have a relationship with them still or that any of that. It's really around. It's a very personal thing. And at the same time, we also do not need it to be able to move forward. I I'm, I honestly do believe that forgiveness is, is is special and helpful, but it's not needed for us to move along. We can still use a lot of that that uh, experience, that emotion, whether it is anger, whether it is uh, the sadness, to really give us an opportunity to redefine our journey, to change the narrative. Um, and so I just wanted to clarify that because I think sometimes when folks hear the word forgiveness, there's this uh, idea that it means you need to let you need to forgive this person or that it's about them, but it's not about the other person. It is about us. A hundred percent. Thanks for clarifying that. Yes. And that's what exactly what I mean, that it's not about the other people about giving that power away. It's about really ourselves and our yeah. own journey and how we want to move forward, how we want to redefine our narratives. And you write about not everyone experiences trauma yet. I do want to really reemphasize this because it's not about trauma, this and trauma that like, I think like social media throws all this stuff, but mm. I really want to emphasize that even if it's like whatever beliefs, because the thing about this is like, we come from a family system as well, right? Besides all mm -hmm. of these systems, in, we come from a family system that holds certain beliefs certain implicit, unspoken beliefs, secrets, all of these things that we carry on. And that, uh, like I said, that like creates a constructs and per our perceptions of the world and of ourselves. And oftentimes those can be very limiting, very, very limiting to a point that they can be traumatizing because they get you stuck, especially when it comes to relationships and love. Like sometimes I often hear like, you know, we talked about what are the misconceptions about relationships that I've encountered, you know, or my clients have encountered is oftentimes is rooted in these narratives, these beliefs from family, from parents. You know, I know that for me, one of it was that I'm still healing. <laughs> I'm still processing in my own therapy is that, you know, I learned this from my mom of like, you know, love hurt. You know, like, no te metas en esta relación porque te van a lastimar. They're going to hurt mm -hmm. you. Don't find love because you're going to get hurt. And then I'm like, oh, like, you know, get that. That is already a limiting program. Believe in your mind, in your body, that when you mm -hmm. get in a relationship, you're going to get hurt. So you're going to look, you're almost going to sabotage your relationship with these patterns, these beliefs by trying to, you know, go around that, trying not to get hurt. And the reality is like, that's a limiting belief that my mom learned through her own experiences growing up, through seeing her parents who were, you know, like hurting each other, mm -hmm. right? Verbally, physically, all of these things through this trauma, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, some a big event happened to you or to me. It can be as little as a little be a belief installed in your brain, in your psyche, that you live your life in your in your relationships, mm -hmm. thinking and believing through, and then yeah. that sabotages your relationship, and then you just go on. And part of this yeah. process is understanding these be limiting beliefs that you've learned about mm -hmm. trauma, about mm -hmm. about love and relationships. Mm -hmm. One, there's other things that my clients come around, like yeah, love hurts. 
you have to self-sacrifice, right? And I think this comes with a lot of women because of the machismo, because of the all of these oppressive systems, right? The self-sacrifice, the self-abandonment that is rooted in, in, in codependency, in abandonment, right? Not only physical, but emotional abandonment, rejection, on, on in being invalidated, not chosen, you know, my worth determine, you know, somebody else will determine my worth. That, mm-hmm. That's a limiting belief that comes in a lot with a lot of clients, the healer, the fixer, right? The wanting the other person to change. So then they stay, you know, there's the, there's the folks that stay in relationships that stay when there is betrayal, when there's abuse, when there's like a lot of those like toxic dysfunctional uh, relationship dynamics, right? Um, well, they stay for whatever reasons, right? The you have to try harder because if you try harder and you give yourself all, all, all yourself, you know, then then there something's gonna change. The 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 belief of like, um, yeah, that one, and then like there was another one that I. You, do you think of any Luis of any other beliefs that come up? Yeah, no, as you were saying that, you know, I kept thinking about my own experience right around love and and a lot of the negative, uh, fearful perspectives of it, right? And and really the avoidance about these experiences. And I think that's that, you know, for me, as I was, as you were talking, I just kept thinking about the reality of all of this is that it everything, it, it is a risk, right? To love someone is a risk, not because I'm saying that you, you can't, you know, someone is not going to hurt you. Of course we get hurt. We've all been hurt. We've all felt rejection. We've all felt, you know, relationships that just did not, did not work for us. Right. I mean, I think what I'm getting here is a bigger picture, right. Of not, not so much about finding some secret or some way of like knowing because we won't, we won't ever know things change. Life is complicated. Shit happens, but really more around getting better at finding this this harmony between self-love and loving others and what that means because we do grow and evolve the most from our relationships with other people. Unfortunately, you know, one of, one of the things that I'm hearing and that you were sharing is that these, these internalized beliefs, right, become our own pitfalls that keep us in this cycle of fear and avoidance that we refuse to really be, exist and be present in a lot of these relationships because we're constantly guarded, right? I've worked with many couples and, and you know, you and I, Sorry, Cynthia, I was just going to say, you and I both obviously specialize in, in relationships in very different ways, and yet both very meaningful and, and, and interconnected. Uh, you know, I do specialize in queer mental health, and so a lot of my clients uh, are in queer relationships, with, which often um, are, are, are different in the sense that they exist outside of social norms, right? That many queer people engage in connections and relationships in lots of different ways that, you know, other people do as well, but I think it's a little bit more common within the queer community um, when it comes to having uh, relationships and, and connection because we didn't really get a lot of examples of what those could look like. You know, my examples of relationships came from my parents, right? Seeing my mom and dad, hearing them talk about relationships uh, that were, were uh, uh, you know, heteronormative, right, From in that aspect. And so a lot of it didn't really resonate with me, right? The idea of a wedding, the idea of marriage, because in my head, it was not something that we you know, that it was seen or acceptable. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it did definitely impacted me. And I think hearing you say some of these different, uh, uh, 
uh, internalized beliefs that people come in with. For me, I think it, it was a little bit different in the sense that um, I didn't get anything specific to queer relationships except for, uh, you know, that's, it's not okay, right? It's not okay for me to have a relationship with another man, right? Because that was, that was a sin. Uh, that was not something that we do. Um, but from hearing my parents and, and the way that I, I know that this affects me, because regardless of me being queer, I still learned how to love from them is that they also saw it as very, um, uh, a, a bit toxic. You know, my mom was someone that was very jealous, that had a lot of insecurities. She also uh, oftentimes didn't really trust my dad, uh, you know, had a lot of a lot of uh, challenges when it came to being vulnerable. And I saw these things and these were things that I carried on within my own relationships when I started to date. And so even though I was dating in a very different context and I didn't have a lot of blueprint, I was still utilizing a lot of these other things that I had learned that were affecting me and did get in the way, whether it was, you know, um, I need to find someone that is going to be with me forever, or I can't trust someone because they people lie and they're going to hurt me. Uh, and so there was this avoidance of really existing uh, within these relationships and being fully uh, able to show myself. Um, and, you know, this didn't this this kept going on until I met you know my partner now where we've been together for a long time and uh, we've gone through these experiences where these narratives have been challenged and where a lot of these things have been unlearned uh, and even so there's still a lot that is there right because this is deep work that takes time that requires a lot of trust and yet I will say that my relationship uh, at least a big part of why I attribute a lot of success to it has been because I am constantly also assessing and being open to growth and understanding that we are not going to be in any type of perfect situation, that we are not going to be our everything to one another, that we are not going to exist uh, in the way that other people are trying to have us exist, but that we have to do the work together as partners um, and continue going forward. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned that I has shifted from what I was taught by my parents and the messages that they gave me was that we don't own our partners. We don't own them. We love them. We, we, we commit, we do the work, but we don't own another person. You know, people have the ability to leave. <laughs> I mean, we do too. I'm not saying that people should, but what I'm saying is that we can't take it for granted that, that forever uh -huh. is not a promise. People also pass. I've worked with plenty of clients who have been in relationship for a long time. Their partners pass. That wasn't an active choice that they made. And, you know, they have to go through that whole process. I mean, I know that's a whole different topic, but I'm talking about love in general, that this is something that we will be dealing with lifelong. And, you know, and the insecurities that come with it are, are can also be debilitating. You know, I've worked with clients where... Um, their ability to love is, is so limited because of their earlier experiences and the messages, right? And how they show up, uh, even in friendships. And so like Cynthia was saying, it, it is work. It is work. And uh, I think the first step, um, you know, I, I love that you were sharing is what are those messages and values and narratives that we hold about love and relationships and connections to others? And how uh, are we seeing them play a role in the way that we connect? Yes, thank you for for sharing all that. I'm just like fire everything a lot of things firing <laughs> like because like I said, 
I'm hearing your perspective and your experience as someone who identifies as queer. Of course, I'm a cis hetero woman, right? I've only had experiences with men. So, I mean, I, I came through this like lineage of, you know, having these certain those, right? So I think that, yes, there's going to be different experiences. Everyone's going to be, regardless of their identities, I honestly think that love uh, and um, love really transcends and goes beyond our identity, to be honest. And I mean, that's kind of bold of me to say, but I do want to acknowledge people's identities. I do want to acknowledge that everyone's going to have a different experience. Mm-hmm. And it's I want to validate that. That's real. That's how we navigate our body in this world, right? Yeah. Because that's our body, our spirit, our essence is is beyond is beyond that is beyond mm-hmm. these like you know structures and oppressive systems and that's something that personally I feel like where I'm at in life right now is um yeah I can hold on to these narratives of like I'm oppressed I'm like I'm a a person I'm a woman of color I'm all these things I'm a, I'm all these things yes I understand that but I'm not gonna let that shit like get in the way of living mm-hmm. my life on my own terms, yeah. of creating a life. I'm going to feel fulfilled, like yeah. love yeah. and expansion and yeah. evolving and growing mm-hmm. and healing, you know, with myself and with my partner, right? With my husband, right? And I think that's the reality, um, right? That we have to acknowledge what you were just saying right now, that multiple things can exist, that yes, we, can, we have to acknowledge the systems at play yeah. and all of these things. And also recognize that there's another part to it. And I think that's that's something that um, sometimes we, we get so stuck in binaries, right, of this or that, black and white. And the reality is that things can exist at the same time. And, you know, something you were saying, I, I just wanted to say this out, is really what, what at least how I heard it was that we all, regardless of our sexuality, our gender, our presentation, our identity, all of these things, our existence, we have capacity to love and be loved. And what we're working on is really letting go and shifting these narratives that hold us and oppress us uh, that are deep rooted in these systems, right? Because like we said, acknowledging they're real. And also we don't have to hold on to this shit and we don't have to believe it or accept it. Exactly that, 100% agreed. And, you know, as we talked about, you know, how we want to move forward and in unlearning, processing, identifying, exploring these beliefs, but also shifting and reframing and healing and going through our own process to really unlearn um, and shift these patterns. Uh, because, yeah, they, they show up as behavior patterns. Okay. Yeah. It's also like, it's understanding that we have also a choice around how we want to respond. Yeah, yes, we're, we're going to be triggered. Yes, we're going to be all, you know, respond in this way. But we get to choose based out of, you know, that self-love, that that patience, that kindness, that grace, that compassion and understanding that yeah. we get to uh, respond differently. And that's yeah. where the inner work comes from is understanding that, you know, when it comes to navigating love and relationships, it's 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 like really making these um, conscious changes within ourselves, and then like it, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes practice, right? It, it takes does. practice, practice, practice. Because it's not like okay, 
I know this in theory. I'm aware of this in theory. I'm, I'm aware I'm unpacking, but if I'm not actively making changes of like, okay, I'm triggered right now. I'm going to have to calm myself down, take a breather, you know, do something to self-soothe and then respond. Mm-hmm. Like in that where it comes in, it's like, you can, yeah, sometimes we're going to like, you know, react and say very hurtful things. But the yeah. important part is that we recognize that we mm-hmm. fucked up, that we yeah. need to come back and repair that with mm-hmm. our partners, that yeah. with ourselves, like first, first and foremost, we need to be self-compassionate and for self-forgiving that, okay, fuck, like I messed up. Okay, I understand. I take personal responsibility and accountability and I'm going to go back and repair the situation because I care. I feel because I care. I was yeah. triggered because I care. Understanding it from that concept and then realizing, okay, I care. Maybe I didn't respond the way that I wanted to. I need to go back and repair this and say, hey, baby, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm going to really take accountability for that. I don't want to hurt you. These are the things that I'm, I'm going to do different. And I'm going to try and practice and practice to do different. But this is also what I need from you. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Not just listen. <laughs> not just listen to, to talk, to respond. But I need you to really understand. And I think this is the, the work, individual work, but also in a partnership or in a relationship or in a marriage or wherever you're at, is yeah. that it takes both. Mm-hmm. That we cannot come from this sort of like, he did this. They did that. They did this to me, 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 me. Yes, I'm sure they fucked up too. But we can't really come in victim mindset because I think that our reality is that we all play a role in our relationships, the dynamic, right? So it's being responsible for our part and then holding them responsible and accountable and them doing their own work mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that that's big part um overcoming challenges in relationships and understanding first and foremost yourself your partner your your person needs to understand who they who they are where they come from their their childhood wounds their attachment wounds their experiences and ourselves and really understand each other from that point because that's literally where the work is going to come in it's not, it's not like you're going to be in a, come into a relationship. You're going to be all healed up and like, mm-hmm. oh, like I have no trauma. I'm perfect. No. Is yeah. that you too or you or whatever kind of form of relationship you're in? Is that you're going to try to understand each other and you're going to work to support each other's growth and healing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's very powerful work. I think so too. I definitely agree. You know, I, I am uh, a very passionate uh, person who who talks about um, how we learn about love through so many different avenues, right? So many different things uh, and, and uh, experiences. And so I think when it comes to relational love, uh, one of the biggest joys I've had is that it, it's not only helped me heal, but it's also giving me the opportunity to be accountable and to do my own individual work while also encouraging, you know, my partner uh, to 
do their work, right? And 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 obviously, you know, it's different for everyone. And I, I one of the biggest things that I've come across is partners who usually want to do the work for their partners. <laughs> you know, this is not how it works, right? You can't be the one that gets therapy, and then you know, every the relationship is is on a good path. It requires right that work together. Um, and so it it is very this, challenging. This happens to a lot of empaths and mm-hmm. healers and therapists that we're often oftentimes <laughs> doing the our work and then try to do the work for our partners. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. To a lot of codependency. Mm-hmm. A lot of like oh, they need to change. There's also another another unrealistic expectation in relationships. They need to change so I can feel safe and secure and I can like, mm-hmm. they can meet my And the reality is like, yeah, that meeting each other's needs is part of the, you know, beautiful relationship and connection. But at the same time, they can meet all of your needs. You need to meet your own needs. You need to understand yourself because if you're putting your, your, these expectations on your partner, that's just, that's yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, 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 and that's, that's, I know not a lot of people like to hear that, but that's the reality. And our, um, and also the, our partners, our, no, you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of people do not like to hear it. And, uh, you know, the other thing I, I often get a lot of pushback on is the fact that our partners are not, are, are not meant to fulfill all our needs. That is not their role. We do not find people so they could be our best friend, so they could be our, our parent, so they could be our you know sibling, so they could be this. No, we find partners to connect with, to build lives with. And yet also we need other relationships. We need other connections. And I often find folks who, who struggle with this concept, you know, who either don't want their partners to have a lot of friends because there's this sense of jealousy or, or, or something's coming up, or they, you know, decide that the relationship becomes their whole world. And that is where we talk about that codependency, right? That we create and foster this idea of a relationship as a, a solution to everything. And it's not, right? Relationships not- are complicated you know it's the same reason why i call you cynthia and we chat and we do our thing right because we're friends because we we relate in that way and yet also my partner fulfills other needs and so i think it's really understanding that we need to find a harmony and a healthy understanding of love and what does it really mean because love is not just romantic love is comes in so many different ways and sometimes we need you know our best friend's love sometimes we need our parents love sometimes we need uh you know to have to be appreciated in our professional circles. Um, and our partners are not there to just be validation machines, right? They're not just there to be like, yes, you're right. And like be on our side all the time. They're also there to help us grow. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't have to be in a, in a mean critical way. You know, that's why we talk about how to learning, how to communicate, learning, how to listen, learning, how to understand and have developed empathy, because all of these things play a harmony together where we're understanding relationships and functioning between, uh, you know, this dynamic. Uh, and so, like Cynthia said, this is not uh, a simple, you know, just because we, we know love and love feels good. It's really work um, all the way from our what we talked about at the beginning of this uh, uh, conversation around our parents and understanding where we've come from and the messages we received to also understanding our relationship history uh, and getting a better understanding of our own accountability and how we're doing our own work and growth. And 
demystifying the assumptions that we have about our partners uh, and, and not seeing them as a, a solution, a cure-all to our problems or validation machines, and also understanding that we don't own our partners, right? We, we, and, and I think that makes it special, right? This reality that we, uh, we're choosing, right? We're choosing um, to be in this, in this time and space and, yeah. and physicality together, which I think is so beautiful, which is why I love working with folks in relationships because we're actively choosing. I mean, some of us, you know, maybe, maybe feel like, um, you know, for whatever reason we're in relationships, but we're still making an active choice. And I, and I think that, Reality is that as we grow, things do shift. And that is why I think it's so important to understand relationships as uh, ongoing and, and constant growth, that we don't just meet someone and that's it. You know, we do change as people. We get older. And I find a lot of joy in seeing couples who have, um, you know, done done work and, and, and seeing the fruits of their labors, right? Whether they stay together for a really long time or whether they decide that, um, you know, this is not for them and, and continue to to learn to love and appreciate. And um, I think all of this is just, you know, there's no answer. We're all different. And like Cynthia said, we're all going to experience the world in a different way. And yet we all have capacity to love and be loved. And it's just really around understanding ourselves and also um, being very honest uh, about relationships yeah. and love. You know, love is, uh, I think going back to love and, it's really, as you mentioned, understanding your own beliefs and your constructs about love, yeah. right? Because then there, and I think, you know, I'll leave it at that, but it is, love is radical. Like it's one of the most radical things we yes. can ever experience yes. because <laughs> outside of love, there's a lot of things that are so complex, but love is, is beautiful. It's radical. And I think that, as you mentioned, you know, love is a choice. Relationships are a choice. And yeah. it's a daily choice. Like yeah. Overcoming uh, challenges, overcoming mm -hmm. um, adversity, mm -hmm. and, you know, really fostering and cultivating connection in relationships really take understanding that it is a choice, that there is uh, impermanence. And, yeah, it does take risk because it does take being vulnerable, yeah. okay, being authentic, being real. Yeah. And that's literally a big, those are like the big foundations of love, our yeah. relationships. Yes, okay? exactly. Able connection, shared values, right? Really, as we talked about, like, what are some of the um, things that couples can think about as they're like establishing a healthier, more like liberating, more expansive concept of yeah. love. Uh, the leaves of love is to understanding well where you come from, but in relationships, it's like really getting to know each other mm -hmm. every time because we're constantly evolving. We're evolving human beings. We're changing. We're transforming. We're healing. Whatever it is. So if you're in a relationship, is really understand your shared values and have mutual goals it's like really look so looking up to something together and individually yeah. right i know it, you know relationships are a commitment and they are a choice and like i said really engaging in um re like reevaluating agreements reevaluating boundaries and spontaneity 
um, making it fun. Like, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, all of these things. Even even I know that you you folk you specialize in sex uh, therapy and I think like making it fun and sexy like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot this is a topic you know what relationships think about sex and um, yeah sexuality and all of these things but that's also a big part of relationships mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and how people believe mm-hmm. about what it look like mm-hmm. and all. There's so much to really think about, of course, but absolutely. And I'd love to have you back so we could talk about the sex component, right? When it comes to relationships, um, uh, because that is also another crucial aspect of it. And, you know, Cynthia, um, I I know we're coming to an end for this episode and I just want to say thank you again for being on here and for being vulnerable and for just sharing with us your experience and your work. Uh, You know, something that I I saw on social media not too long ago and and it kind of connects with what you were saying is, um, they were talking about how we are energy, right? That is what we are as humans. We are composed of energy and we create energy. And love is an energy that we also create, just like every other type of energy, whether it's hate, whether it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, we create it. And I think that the beautiful thing about love is that it's something that we continue to practice and we learn and we can get better and also have healthy and transformative experiences within it. Uh, and like we were talking about, I know we specifically focused on on romantic relationships, uh, but like we, we mentioned earlier, this is through all relationships and connections, mm-hmm. right? That we create this, right? This, this love, this idea of connection and existing uh, with someone else. And it's very powerful. It's very beautiful. Um, and so, you know, for folks out there who are probably thinking about this and, and you know, maybe doubting or, or feeling, um, you know, some type of way about discussing love. Remember that love doesn't just mean having to love someone else. It also goes back to ourselves, right? How do we have that relationship with ourselves? Um, And so it's special in every way. We don't have to be in romantic relationships to have fulfilling lives, to feel valued. Uh, We have them through other uh, channels and other areas. And so uh, just to close off, Cynthia, uh, are there any last words or anything you want to share with the people that are listening um, that, you know, before we end? Yes, that, that whole self-love journey. And I, I keep coming to understanding yourself is, is like really embarking in your own understand your own self-discovery, your own healing journey is understanding your experience of love. Mm-hmm. And The narratives that you've internalized, the beliefs that you've internalized, and this comes to self-love. Because why? I I don't believe in this. Like, I I, I, like it can cringe when I hear, like, you can't love others if you don't love yourself. (laughs) And it's, I don't fucking believe that because that's not true. It's like, oh, me da cosa cuando escucho eso. Because it's like, um, we know love. We are yeah. love. Yeah. But it's really about having, um, really exploring what you've learned about love yeah. and whether that even aligns with your true core being authentic, genuine yeah. self. Yeah. And if not, yeah. then you can yeah. learn that and then find more, more ways that actually do align with you. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> and we learn that through yeah, the relationships, you, right? Exactly. And you can do that through so many ways of healing, uh, so many other things and ways that you can embark in. Obviously, therapy is one. I'm a therapist. You can work with me. You can work with Louise. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so many ways that you can yeah. um, really embark in this journey. Uh, but that you have someone that is supporting you. I think that that's number one support mm-hmm. system, but also mm-hmm. have someone who can support you and guide you. Because there's a lot. A there lot is a lot. Of pop, there's a lot of pop psychology and a lot of crap out there that I just like, oh my gosh, everyone's mm-hmm. out here for place therapy and in an in a, in a personal process with their, with social media. Like, come on, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is why a lot of people get this misconception and like get so distorted. So I would I would encourage you to like work with someone that is going to support you and guide you in this journey. You know, uh, I'm obviously a therapist. You can like reach out to me. I also do one on one coaching where I also support my clients through this process that we've talked about today. And um and yeah. And Cynthia, where can Del- people find you? Like, what what are your social media hashtags, website? How can people get in touch with you? In my social media, I'm on TikTok, uh, Cynthia Flores LMFT, as well as Instagram, Cynthia Flores LMFT. I have my website, um, CynthiaGFlores.com. You can check out my offerings and services. And um, you can schedule a consultation and chat. You can DM me if you have any questions. Thank um, you. Thank you. I'm going to be sharing. I was sorry. I was just going to say I'm going to be sharing these anyway in the description. So if folks want to get in touch with you, they'll be able to go on there and click on the links. Uh, and, and, you know, I thank you so much again for being here, for sharing uh you know your 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 thoughts on this very important topic and i know that we'll have you back for more episodes to talk about different aspects of love right this is this is meant as a way of getting folks to think reflect process and also start to question uh and like you said right uh find folks that can support you in this as well right there's lots of mental health professionals uh who are uh, you know focus on, on this specific topic, but also who can guide and help you along this journey, uh, Cynthia being one of them. So make sure that if you're in that space and you're in California and you're interested in either therapy or coaching that you reach out to Cynthia. Uh, and once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Queer Magic Podcast. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.